Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Hey there, and welcome to the podcast Easy Being Green. I'm Taylor Powers with my co-host Deanne Tetzel, and today's topic is the Great Barrier Reef. We're going to talk about why it's so important, what makes it so amazing, and the risks that it is undertaking due to climate change. Right. Yeah, just recently, well, within the last couple of days, um, uh, a report came out about the Great Barrier Reef that isn't very positive, which I guess isn't surprising, but is kind of disheartening. Um, it's a very poor outlook, is the title of the the report, due to climate change. So we know that over, for years now, um, corals have been being bleached due to the warmer temperatures in the oceans, and um, they are they are disappearing. So I was telling Taylor as we prepared for this episode, I saw another documentary at Sundance about this called Chasing Coral a couple of years ago. And um, so people, you know, were aware of this issue and this problem. But again, it's one of just like we talked about, I think, a couple of episodes ago. It's difficult to the climate change is happening at such a rapid rate that it's it's getting a hold of all of this stuff. And even with all of the science that is being poured into it, it's it's a little overwhelming when we look at some of these things. Oh, definitely. And I feel like the Great Barrier Reef is one that stands out. From when I was a kid, I remember people talking about the Great Barrier Reef and how it was dying. And um, and when Deanne says bleaching, bleaching is the, ter- the term that they use when um, the reef undergoes some sort of environmental threat or change. So it gets bleached during these heat waves. So when... Um, the temperatures heat up and warm the water. They'll go the, just like in on the planet. The the water, the seawater, will have heat waves, and so then the coral reacts by releasing um, this this kind of ingredient that it stores inside of its tissue, which turns it white to protect itself during this environmental threat. And if it doesn't have enough time to heal during the next threat, it'll die. Mm-hmm. So the reason why it's so um, prominent right now and that it's you know it's become such a crisis is because we've had heat waves back to back in 2016 and 2017 so so much of the reef didn't have time to recover right right back to back years Mm -hmm. of high temperatures high water temperatures which affect it the 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 whole environment in the reef is is changing and with the increase in the water temperatures there are um more of these, um, they're called crown of thorns starfish, and they eat the coral. So they're damaging it as well. But this, again, the habitat change affects all of this. Oh, there, yeah. are, there are too many of those, so they're um, feasting on it in addition to the coral being bleaching and due to the increased water temperature and then, like Taylor was saying, dying after back-to-back years of that. So, mm-hmm. And... Um, 
what brought this to our attention was a study that just came out um, that showed that the baby coral, uh, which every year baby coral is, you know, corals just another um, species, so it has babies. And uh, the rate of baby coral, the new new babies, has declined by 89% due to the bleaching in 2016 and 17. Yeah, it's just hard for the coral to, to replenish itself with all of these challenges. So um, some of the other things that are affecting it are um, development in coastal areas. So coastal development, just again, human use, Mm -hmm. um, things like that. So there are other things besides the the water temperature change, the climate change, but the majority of this is due directly to climate change. That's what's affecting this primarily. And you know, a long time, well, not that long ago, just a few years ago, scientists thought that the reef was so big um, and so full of life that it would be resilient enough to withstand uh, these kind of uh, things. But after these two years and and even, you know, they've been doing studies um, that show since 1996, it's been declining and and with these two, the 2016 and 2017 bleaching and the rate at climate change is, is going, they don't expect we're going to have, you know, five years without another environmental threat allowing it to recover. All right. Chances are that this is going to keep happening. And there are things being done. Um, they're trying lots of research, like I was mentioning, is being poured into this. So they're trying to grow um, temperature-resistant coral and put them in there and things like that. There, oh, are, there are a lot cool. of scientists working on things here. Uh, but again, it's, I guess, overarching is what what can we do as a group? And we've been talking about this a lot in order to do our part to mm-hmm. decrease the, the change in our in our temperatures that are affecting our ocean temperature that are affecting so many things. So. Yeah. And, you know, if... If you don't know how um, massive the reef is, it stretches for 1,400 miles off the coast of Australia and is home to um, how many species? I had it written down somewhere. Yeah, um, there are 1,500 different species of fish. Right, multiple species of fish, multiple species of sneeze, sea snakes. Sea <laughs> snakes. <laughs> um, they don't sound so scary when you put them That's right, <laughs> um, And over 30 uh, different marine mammals, you know, inclu- you know, the mammals you think of, dolphins and whales and, and that kind of things, and sharks. And so it's home to so much of our sea life. And without it, um, you know, they they become extinct that's where they live right the even birds like when you think about the, oh yeah the coral reef you think about the underwater things but to, it's, i'm looking at barrierreef.org which has a lot of information by the way and an opportunity to donate to them for the science scientific mm-hmm. you know solutions that are being poured into this anyway um 215 species of birds that live there and six of seven of the world's um, species of marine turtles live there i found the the snakes 14 species of sea snakes it's (laughs) interesting who would think about that and hard and soft corals are there so 600 plus types of hard and soft corals and i know when i saw this documentary what was really over 
overwhelming to me and, and sad, I'll be honest, mm-hmm. was looking at the pictures of the coral reef with all of the beautiful colors of the corals and then looking at it after oh, yeah. it had been bleached and died. It's, yeah, it's and really it's sad. Nothing. And they are, like I said, like I've said a couple of times, they're trying to find solutions. There's a lot of money and, and science being being um, put into this. So, yeah. But um, there's only so much that scientists can do. It's really on our on our society and our humanity as a as an entire team to to all help out do our effort to try to lower the greenhouse gas emissions and and the thing is is that Australia I mean at least I always thought of Australia as doing a better job than than we were but their greenhouse gas emissions are rising and rising too mm-hmm so it's you know it's it's dependent on on that country as well to kind of do their part and and get it lower right finding other ways to um manufacture to um get around we as a population in all of these countries and and then it it does feel a little overwhelming when we're thinking about all these countries that we can't even control like we were talking about with the amazon rainforest the politics and everything that that play into it not like we can control our country right (laughs) (laughs) yes um so what they're i guess what um they're working on right now is um doing working on projects that will actively benefit the Great Barrier Reef and boosting the resilience of it. So kind of those things I was talking about with growing temperature-resistant coral and and putting it in there and things like that. And then hoping that um, the Paris Agreement, the big agreement that worldwide agreement that we're Mm -hmm. hoping that people will um, meet some of the the goals, the goals yeah. of that agreement. So we're we're kind of crossing our fingers there. Let the world come together and try to meet those conditions. And then in the meantime, they're trying to find ways to make it more resilient because it inevitably is. Going, we're going to have more of these big weather events and things like that that will continue continue to affect the reef. So yeah, and as much as um, as much money as you can donate, the more science that can be dedicated to this will help. But it's all for the, you know, the root cause of global heating and reducing the net greenhouse gas emissions to zero as quickly as possible. Um, and, you know, so everything that we talk about in this podcast is our small little ways to reduce your carbon footprint because it all goes to the greater good. Right. And I think even um, just becoming aware of some of the ways, like watching that film for me really made an impact and just talking to people about it. Like, hey, did you did you know that this is happening and that our coral reefs are being endangered and have been for years and years and um, becoming aware, finding out more and then discussing it with the people that you know so that they they're more awareness. is certainly the first part. Um, Earlier, you said. 600 soft and hard corals. Do you know the difference? I don't. Of like what soft coral um, versus hard coral I w- are? I don't know. But I would imagine on this site, the um, Great Barrier Reef Foundation, they probably get into more of that. Mm-hmm. And um, I I don't know. but I And I don't remember that from the film itself either. I just remember them looking at lots of different reefs, not just the Great Barrier Reef, but lots of coral reefs and showing us um, 
they would do a dive and then they measured it and they went in after a certain amount of time and showed with the passage of time how this reef looked just a year, two years, three years later. And um, Yeah, so I found here it's made up of around 2,900 individual reefs and 900 islands. Like it's massive and it's the only living organism that you can see from outer space. Right, right. You can see it from outer space. Mm -hmm. So I found something on the difference between hard and soft corals. Um, Hard corals are kind of the ones that we think of that have like that skeleton looking thing. So um, they build the reef. They're called reef building corals. They provide kind of a a skeleton structure. And it's made of like the same material as chalk. So calcium carbonate. Um, Soft corals um, produce smaller amounts of calcium carbonate that help them keep their shape. So it's just sort of like, I guess, if you go out into the mountains and there are different kinds of rocks, there are different kinds of these corals. And um, provides diversity for the the fish and mammals that live there. And they probably feed off of different types. Right. That's the other thing is they feed a lot of these species. It's not just a home. That's right. They Mm. feed them. They provide habitat for them. Mm -hmm. Protection. Um, mm Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm. So uh, it it sounds like, you know, the hard corals can absorb, they absorb calcium and things like that, other minerals from the sea to help them grow and make their um, their skeleton. Soft corals um, don't require as much specialized care as hard corals do. But they both, they both include a lot of species. And just like with, anything else in the rainforest once one of them is gone mm-hmm. it's going to change the whole the environment right yeah yeah it's all interconnected that's right so and i i mean if anyone's ever gone snorkeling diving anything seen these you yeah. know how beautiful they are oh, and yeah. you've seen them from um movies and things like that Finding so Nemo, yeah right <laughs> that's right <laughs> so it's um it's something that in addition to all the other things we talked about and the habitat and things like that with all of the different animals and, and things that live there in these coral reefs, it is, it's a beautiful thing for us to um, have in our lives as well. Yeah, and I would love to go visit there, go you know, see it. Maybe we'll have to do a, a remote a on location. Visit uh-huh. there. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I'm okay with that. So we can bring you some more information. Once we get enough listeners and maybe we get paid for this, then, right. then we can go to Australia. <laughs> bring you some information from the field. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to help help us get to Australia, rate and review us. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then right. we can do a video episode for you guys. That's right. <laughs> Take a boat out there. Yeah, 1,625 species of fish, 10% of the world's fish species live in the Great Barrier Reef. All right, well, let's do our part to help protect them and the beauty of this great great, uh, place that we have in our world. So thanks for listening, and uh, let's lower our greenhouse gas emissions. Yep, do what we can as an individual.